We all know the truth. More connects us than separates us. But in times of crisis, the wise build bridges, while the foolish build barriers. You raise walls, I destroy them. Let's see who prevails. Just because something works doesn't mean that it cannot be improved. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. Allow my sword to join you in the fight against evil. The world needs us to chase dreams. We have to dedicate ourselves each and every single day to this fight because I can't do it alone. You, the people, have the power. The power to create machines. The power to create happiness. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful. To make this life a wonderful adventure. Then in the name of democracy, let us all unite! Welcome to the Skiffy and Fanti Show. I'm Jen, and today on Signal Boost we have Vanessa Rose Finn, editor-in-chief of the Hugo finalist and probably every other award since its inception of 16 years ago, Strange Horizons. Welcome to the show, Vanessa. Hi, Jen. How are you today? I just went out and weed-whacked about a quarter acre of, of very high grass, so I feel extremely not buff and yet wonderfully buff at the same time. I remember those days, except unfortunately, I have a grass allergy now, so I would be both feeling it, that surge of adrenaline and also <laughs> sneezing a lot. So congratulations on conquering your yard. Yes, yes. I've, at least it will last for a week. Then maybe I'll send the children out to do it. <laughs> So, Strange Horizons, 16 years old, you just took over as editor-in-chief in March, and you guys are in your funding drive for the 2020 year. Yeah, I should clarify, we've been around since 2000, so next oh, year will be our 20th anniversary. 20th anniversary! Oh, I thought it was 2003! Oh, awesome! That's, wow, 20 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're really excited about next year. We're going to try to do a physical book for the first time. Oh, that's awesome. So how does it feel to be sort of taking the reins at this point in the sort of career of Strange Horizons? If you'd asked me before the Kickstarter, I would have said nervous as hell. Um, I've been with the magazine for about six or seven years now, um, long enough to forget how long I've been with the magazine. And... I do feel that Strange Horizons, since its inception, does have a very clear voice regardless of who is at the head. So in that way, I don't feel like it's potentially uh, that much pressure. It's a great collective, and we benefit from having not one face. Does that make sense? That does make sense. You guys have an incredibly large staff. Yes, about 50 plus. 50 plus people. That's amazing. And all volunteers. So... Right. Well, I mean, it's our way of dealing with the fact that we're all volunteers and, you know, volunteers, there are people who are, are really tough on volunteers. And I've worked as and with volunteers for so long that you just have to make lots of allowances for time. And one of the best ways to do that is to have a larger group. Yeah, absolutely. There's, that's why we uh Skiffy and Fanti have 20 people. Someone has a migraine that day. I mean, they can, you know, they don't have to do the thing because there's someone else to do the thing. Exactly. Which is very nice. So you mentioned that, that vision and that clear voice of Strange Horizons. What do you think that is? And what sets Strange Horizons apart from other zines in the science fiction fantasy field? Well, I want to be very, very clear about the fact that 
I wouldn't think of us as anything apart. I think of the semi-prosines as very much a forest requiring every member of its ecosystem to exist. When one of the trees falls, it leaves a tremendous gap. It doesn't necessarily benefit any of the trees still standing. I do feel that for us, one of the things that makes us fairly unique is that we're the oldest webzine and we were funded on, we were created with a crowdfunding model and I believe we've been doing that longer than any other webzine as well. So there's the age factor. Um, but given that the fact that our average staff turnover is every three years, the age factor doesn't really apply in the same way that it would if someone were editor in chief for 20 years and had the same vision. Um, our vision though does stay remarkably consistent. We celebrate every time we publish a new author. We're the first professional sale list where we, uh, you know, we, we put the new author on there and we're like, yay, another first professional sale. We love new authors a lot. Um, we're a platform for international and marginalized voices. So we'll publish things like the Nigerian special this spring. Um, we've done the Arab Community League and Diaspora, um, Indian special issues, and of course, representing um, people of color, uh, disabled voices and queer people, of which I am. And I, for that, it, everyone in the volunteer staff is just tremendously excited and invested in that platform, that push for um, representation and resistance. Absolutely, which is one of the most important things in speculative fiction these days, I think. It's nice to have a platform like Strange Horizons out there that is really focusing on that. Is there something that you think really defines Strange Horizons aside from being that amazing platform for marginalized voices? I do think that the word strange says most of it. Um, I was talking to Julia Rios about, you know, Fireside at her, when she was, uh, when she was there, um, and we discussed the differences between our two zines, you know, what, what was coming out, and I think, what we prefer to publish may push the envelope a bit. We do interactive poems and stories, for instance, or sometimes we do um, things based on binary code, or sometimes we publish things in translation, which aren't strange in their own communities, but may be strange for many English speakers. Our um, sibling magazine, Semaphore, does a quarterly translation and original language print, and that is also funded by our Kickstarter. Right. We actually had Samovar on, got, was it last year or the year before when they first got started? Uh, and we're very excited about that. So you've been fully funded for 2020, which is awesome. Congratulations. And this is going to air on the 30th, the day before two major things in the science fiction and fantasy world. <laughs> One, the end of your funding drive. And two, the end of the Hugo voting period. So people should be very busy on the 31st. So tell us what people got out of the funding drive this year. And, and though we don't know specifically what will still be left on the 30th, because we're doing this a few days before, mm -hmm. uh, what else is there in your stretch goals that you're super excited about? All right. So, yeah, we hit our base funding goal um, several days ago, which was awesome. Thank you, community. And we hit one of our first stretch goals, which was a podcast by the Hugo-nominated podcast, Be the Serpent, um, which we'll be analyzing, I believe, Strange Horizon stories, although we haven't talked specifically about how and when and where, but that will be a wonderful thing to listen to. Traitor. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> our next stretch goal is a um, Mexican science fiction special issue. 
um, which will fund at 14.7. So that may also be funded by the time this comes out. After that is an issue on climate change. And if we make it all the way to 20K, we will increase our rate to 10 cents a word for fiction and unlock the awesome rainbow snake. Um, now, there we know, we have a lot of new pins this year. That was my contribution. I'm a, I would say amateur artist. I'm primarily a calligrapher. Um, but I thought, you know, people love pins. I know I love pins. I have a jacket full of pins. Do you like pins? Love pins. I love pins. I have a board of pins because I don't wear them, but I put them on my wall and then glory at them. <laughs> well, so I thought perhaps I would do a few pins and I maybe got a little carried away. I made um, four of them. One of them is a snake to kind of owing to be the serpent, but I'm also a Slytherin. So, you know, Slytherin pride. <laughs> That explains why you went with Be the Serpent. <laughs> yeah, well, possibly. I brought back our purple planet. That was our original logo. And those of us who have read it for a long time are really fond of the purple planet. Now, of course, me and my uh, the person that I hired to digitize my drawings were were very keen on making putting Trans Jupiter in that mix. And then we have a rainbow planet as well. So it's a it's a very queer series of three planets on that pin. Um, and then the staff really wanted. Um, and I'm going to butcher this name, even though I love classical Nahuatl, Ashalot, uh, an Ashalot with the purple planet. Oh, is that how you pronounce that? I believe so. Uh, the X is an SH sound and the TL is a T with the uh, tongue at the roof of the mouth. At least in classical Nahuatl, I don't know how it's pronounced today. <laughs> <laughs> I only know dead languages. Right, exactly. Learn something new every day on the Skiffy and Fanti show, uh, <laughs> including how to pronounce words of adorable creatures. And then, of course, there's the rainbow snake, which we'll only unlock when we get to the 20k. Um, and and it's and it's got a strange amount of support. I I put it on there because it was just fun for me. But um, there's people who are really intent on getting that rainbow snake. So that's certainly something to volunteer or donate for. Um, because I I doubt we'll have gotten to 20k by the time we get to the end of this. But you never know. You never know. You guys are only, at this point in time, only about $200 from your Mexican SFF special issue, which is really exciting. So what are you hoping to do with that special issue and with the special issue on uh, climate change? Well, you can look at some of our past special issues. What we really like to do is um, be a platform for Perhaps voices people don't necessarily read much. We'd like to have things in translation and the original language. Um, we may get guest editors uh, for the Spanish, uh, or the Mexican special issue. Um, and we did that with the um, Southeastern USA special issue. We had guest editors. And I feel like that really made it strong. I loved that issue so very much. <laughs> We were very happy with it. it. It was amazing. And part of the reason I loved it was because I worked with Cecily Kane to bring a discussion interview about Southeastern SFF last year. And that's um, where my family's from. So it was, it was very exciting to see that people were interested in sort of the region because it, it does get kind of slanted to the side in some ways in terms of speculative fiction. And then obviously Me Mexican science fiction fantasy has really, um, thanks to John Picasso and the, the Mexicanics initiative, that's really a field right now that we're seeing a lot more of in speculative fiction, which is really awesome. So I'm really hoping you get that $200. <laughs> I think we'd be running it regardless. I <laughs> yay! That's the problem with being a volunteer organization. You hit a certain point where you're like, I just really want to do it. 
Right. Uh, what about your climate change issue? Um, our climate change issue has, you know, it's it's very far in the future, but we've been publishing lately a lot more climate change stories. So it would be really great to see, especially the arts. And I'm interested. I was an articles editor before I was editor in chief. So I'm really interested in the kind of nonfiction we can come up with to uh, go alongside our fiction and poetry and reviews. I know Arkady Martin was very excited. She wants to write for it. Um, and and I, I don't know. I don't think we're going to have a very hard time finding authors who are interested in uh, climate change. It's certainly a fertile place for science fiction at present. Uh, yes. <laughs> Sadly, fertile place for science fiction means, you know, doom for the rest of us um, in some yeah. situations. <laughs> This is all why all my fiction ends up on Mars, because, you know, I, I think about the Earth and I get really upset. So Mars seems better for me. Oh, no. Uh, that makes sense. I, <laughs> I wish it didn't, but it does make sense. So are you going to be, because I know solar punk is a is kind of a, a big subgenre right now. Is that something that you're hoping to see more of in the climate change issue promote or is it just sort of, you know, any type of climate change story that you would be looking for? Yeah, I mean, I, I think what we're looking for is interesting perspectives on it more than a specific topic. Right. Um, interestingly enough, uh, Jamie Go published with us a article on the punks of our times, which you can look up. Uh, on strangehorizons.com. Our stuff is always free to read. And uh, basically analyzed it, dissected it. It was really good. I'm, I'm going to have to go read that because <laughs> oh, we had a we had a podcast where uh, my co-producer and I, Sean Duke, were talking about the punks and we coined the phrase, we like to think that we coined the phrase dash punk. Dash punk? Yes, hyphen punk. So that's that's what we've decided we're going to call them uh, for the foreseeable future because there are a lot of subgenres that um, really seem to have sprung out in the last couple of years. So I look forward to reading that. All right, so you've got another year ahead of you. What are sort of your personal goals beyond beyond what is in the Kickstarter? What are you hoping to do as editor-in-chief of Strange Horizon? I knew you were going to ask this question. (laughs) Get my feet wet. It it felt like a rapid transition. I know it wasn't. We spent several months working on getting me, you know, in gear. Um, But it's, there's a lot of moving parts. Our first big special issue is the Brazilian SFF special issue, which we're going to put out in October, I believe. Um, Certainly this fall. That was funded by last year's Kickstarter. And then we'll be looking forward to the 20th anniversary, and that's probably going to involve a lot more work than your average fund drive. Um, We'll be looking into printing a 20th anniversary book. I'll be interviewing a lot of people about the 20 years that Strange Horizons has been around. And for the most part, I just want the editors in Strange Horizons to be happy and involved with their with their um with their magazine i feel like that's the main job of the editor-in-chief so i don't know i just facilitate their happiness and creativity that is an amazingly awesome goal and (laughs) mad respect for that so we're headed to the end of our time uh why don't you drop all those links let us know where to find you and strange horizons and the kickstarter and all that fun stuff all right folks strangehorizons.com that's where we are we publish every monday also wednesday and friday if you're interested in reviews as well 
Uh, we publish free, and we also have podcasts that go out every week. You can find them on Podcast Addict and other search, such searches. While you're listening to Skiffy and Fanti, look us up. Uh, we have a Kickstarter out there that should be easily searchable under Strange Horizons 2020. And uh, if you happen to listen to this after our deadline, which is no big deal, we're also on Patreon. And if you subscribe to Patreon, we'll be giving you a ebook every month, which I put together. And uh, uh, Heather McDougall, she makes the wonderful layouts for the covers of those ebooks. That's all I got for you. That is more than enough. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Vanessa. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Of course. And thank you, listeners, for joining us on Signal Boost. Since you only have a day, well, actually, you have forever to support Strange Horizons, but make sure that you get over there and give them their stretch goals so that I get more amazing science fiction and fantasy from one of the best magazines that is out there. And with that, have a great day. If you would like to support this show, you can go to patreon.com slash skiffyandfanty or find us on Twitter at skiffyandfanty, our webpage skiffyandfanty.com, or you can even send us an email at skiffyandfanty at gmail.com. The intro music for this podcast was taken from Rock Thing by Creo. You can find out more about their music on freemusicarchive.org.